when you get a group of investors together with a, with a shorter term mindset, the idea of not buying a stock that's going to make 20% a year over the next five years, but buying one that might double its money in three weeks, then the buying pressure that comes from the group acting is much stronger and has a much more powerful effect upon the price of the stock. Hello, and welcome to this podcast edition of Wealth Track. I'm Consuela Mack. My guest is John Reckenthaler, Vice President of Research at Morningstar, where his twice-weekly column, The Reckenthaler Report, provides savvy, common-sense analysis and advice on all sorts of market trends. And a recent focus has been the GameStop phenomenon. Of course, that's the video retailer whose stock soared 2,500% in two weeks at one point, driven by a community he describes as social media investors, basically a virtual investment club. John, welcome to WealthTrack. Thanks. Good to be here, virtually. Speaking of virtually, let's talk about the GameStop phenomenon uh, driven by a community you describe as social media investors. Basically, it's a virtual investment club. What's new here? Well, certainly the size of the investment club. We've, you know, investment clubs are an old idea, 80s and 90s. You might remember the Beardstown Ladies. I do. Was a, was a best-selling book about an investment club. You know, but those would be 20, 30 people in a local community getting together. Uh, and they would talk about stocks and sometimes they would decide they liked, you know, this stock or that stock and invest in it. But 20 or 30 retail investors all deciding to buy positions in the same stock through the investment club. It doesn't have an effect upon the marketplace. A virtual or social uh, investment club where there are thousands of people on and everybody decides to pursue the same trade at the same time through conversation. And we saw what happened with GameStop. The behavior of that stock is just about unprecedented, which is a word that should be hesitating using with a stock market because there have been and are strange things that occur in the stock market. But right. 2,000% increase in about three weeks with no fundamental news. That's pretty strange. Those are strange doings. So is this a movement that's here to stay, do you think? Oh, I, I definitely think it's here to stay. I I tend to tie this back to Robin Hood. There's a tendency, I think, of us of market observers, those of us who, who do that, to uh, to link everything back to to Robinhood. You know. And and Robinhood of course is is the online trading platform. Trading platform, yeah. Free, we, we, free commissions. We, we give them credit or blame for starting many trends, some of which probably too much credit or blame, but in this case I think it's it, it's uh it's valid. You know, Robinhood is a is a different kind of investment experience. There there were discount brokers before Robinhood where the trades weren't quite free, but they were almost free and there are free trades now. But the idea of putting up the, the shared stock ideas, you know, these are Robin Hood stocks. Right. And, and giving people a little bit of a Robin Hood stock, uh, of making it a, co a communal effort where you're not just using this as a trading platform, but you're coming together with your investment ideas. I mean, that, that, that's, been, that's a powerful idea that is uh, reverberated and, and is being done outside of, of that brokerage firm now. Right. It's, it's, it's harnessing the new technology of social media. When I say new, you know, meaning compared to stock markets of 10 or 20 years ago and, and harnessing it in a way that really is new over the last couple of years. John, the Motley Fool, and we've had David and Tom Gardner, the two founders on WealthTrack many times. They founded the first online investing community 
uh, but with a very different purpose. They're long-term investors, fundamental analysis, um, and they, you know, now they have mutual funds, they give in- investment advice. So it's quite different, but I have to give them credit. Absolutely. They, they started this uh, uh, the so- social media investing, but as you point out, they had a long-term orientation uh, and were traditional fundamental investors. And that makes for a different dynamic, different mechanics in the stock market than where we are now. Robinhood is much more about a quick trade about investing in something that's going to make you money in a hurry. Therefore, when you get a group of investors together with a, with a shorter term mindset, the idea of not buying a stock that's going to make 20% a year over the next five years, but buying one that might double its money in three weeks, then the buying pressure that comes from the group acting is uh, much stronger and has a much more powerful effect upon the price of the stock. And then we're likelier to get into a situation as we have had with GameStop, where the stock is going up because people are buying it. Of course, that's always true, right? I mean, that's how the stock market works. But the point is, it's not going up because of a new belief in the the company itself and its business potential or news about the company or projections that its sales will improve, but simply because of the activity of investors getting together to move the price of the stock. That's what's new. There's another aspect to this too, which is so interesting. And you wrote a a terrific Reckenthaler report column on it recently titled, There Are No Stock Market Heroes. And there's been a moral overtone to this. It's kind of like, let's bring down the rich Wall Street guys, you know, the short sellers, the hedge funds, they identify those as the kind of the villains in this. Reminded me that throughout history, um, you know, money men have been vilified. The money changers tables were overturned in the temple in biblical times. What's different this time about the moral overtones that have been brought to this community? The difference is the people who are complaining about Wall Street or or the money changers, the money makers, are acting upon it and doing, doing themselves, right? They're not sitting on the outside complaining about to use the historic analogy, somebody who's uh, loaning money and charging interest, or the more recent version, Wall Street manipulation, they're getting in there and manipulating stocks just as they complain Wall Street does. Uh, by getting together and colluding, it's what it is, colluding through through this discussion, let's push up the price of GameStop. Let's hurt the short sellers. So the irony is they're doing through these purchases Exhibiting the kind of behavior that they profess to dislike. I guess you could call it a form of performance art, if you like. Right. Saying it's saying that, that, that the protest is to do what they're protesting against. I also find it ironic in that it was only five years ago that the, the film The Big Short came out. And the heroes taking on Wall Street were all short sellers. Yes. We were cheering short sellers. We we're practically standing up there clapping for them. They were selling short. And now it's the reverse. When you try to untangle this, I I think that it's ultimately, this is about people trying to make money. I'm not very convinced by the moral arguments, but I'm not convinced by the immoral arguments either. So I'm not saying that uh, uh, anybody buying GameStop was was being immoral, although I think that, that the regulators may decide that such social investment clubs 
they may have to monitor that and, and perhaps curtail the activity of that. You use the word collusion, <laughs> um, which has a negative connotation. And certainly in manipulating stock prices, it sure does. So there have been congressional hearings. Do you think that these groups should be regulated? Uh, yeah, I do. You can't get together. If you're institutions and you control a billion dollars of buying power, you can't get together and, and say, let's, you know, the 10 of us, we each have 100 million to work, put this to work in the stock and squeeze the short sellers. I don't know why a bigger group that's behaving in exactly the same way, making a trade for the same purpose, wouldn't be similarly regulated. It's a matter of the regulators, you know, catching up with where technology, the kind of um, behavior that we now have because of changes in technology. Right, which is always the case. The regulators the case behind. Absolutely. Well, yeah, that's the nature of it. Impact of the social media investors on the markets, aside from, you know, what we've seen with GameStop and a, a few other companies, what impact do you think it is having on the functioning of the market? It's pretty limited so far. Uh, you know, pretty clearly... You, you look at the list of Robinhood stocks, you look at the list of very high performing companies recently, and it, it, it's a small segment of the market. Um, some technology communications, healthcare firms, emerging firms, you know, Tesla, although, although the, the, the main reason that Tesla is risen in price is because of traditional institutional investors, social media investors don't have enough money to push up the price of an $800 billion company by 600%. And then there are a few other funny, funny names in there like BlackBerry and AMC Entertainment and, and such. But it, it's, a, it's a small portion of the stock market. I wouldn't say that enthusiasm among retail investors is responsible for anything more than, than, than a, a very small fraction of the total increase in stock prices we've had over the last year, which has been quite extraordinary. Right. Clear, clearly, there are bigger reasons. Uh, this is a part of it. And there's nothing wrong with that. The only regulatory concern is when you have um, very unusual behavior with a particular stock in the sense of, of people getting together to move the price of the stock for the sake of moving the price of the stock. It's not an individual decision. I believe I will make a profit in the stock over the next month, that's part of it. But it's also, I believe I will make a profit because other people will be helping me make a profit mm -hmm. by, by changing the price. For anybody who's concerned about the functioning of the, of the financial markets, that's not a good thing. It's speculation. And you, know, you, you were hired by Morningstar in 1988. You've been watching the markets and commenting on markets for a long time. What, what is your view of what this represents as far as the speculation that is going on in the markets? It's hard to avoid comparing this to the late 90s. As with today, high growth emerging technology companies in particular had terrific performance, were attracting assets. There were theme funds that were highly popular investing in these. I remember being in conversations where people were upset that their um, 401k plan did not have a sector technology fund. Quite a few. There were a few famous surveys in the late 90s, 1999, early in 2000, where investors expected the stock market to grow at 17% a year on average for the next five years. That was just the neutral expectation when you just asked any, any investor. Um, you, you also had the growth of discount brokers 
E-Trade and uh, TD Meritrade and so forth, uh, making investing easier and the um, development of the day trader. That was a the retail day trader was a 90s phenomenon. The day trader was a precursor to today's what I've called Robinhood investor. A lot of similarities. Now, I don't want to push it too far because, as we know, the enthusiasm and great bull market of the 90s was followed by two very brutal years from 2000 to 2002. The technology stock sell-off and NASDAQ lost 70% of its value. And these investors pretty much had their clocks cleaned. That doesn't mean that's going to happen this time around. Investment isn't that easy. History doesn't repeat itself automatically. But it, it is a concern. I think anybody who, who experienced and remembers how investing in the 90s played out is at least a little bit wary of where we are today. It's encouraging that you say that market history doesn't repeat itself necessarily. It's not that easy. John Reckenthaler, thank you for joining us on WealthTruck and sharing your perspective on the power of social media investors. Thank you, Cotuelo. We look forward to part two of our conversation about a long-term trend, a farewell to mutual funds, what you call a long goodbye. And thank you, our listeners, for spending time with us. Speaking of social media, please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel. And as we say on every wealth track, make the week ahead a healthy, profitable, and productive one.